What's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside the Age podcast. We are Houston everything all the time. My name is Ike Quayar. I'm on Twitter at Ike Quayar. That's I-K-E-C-U-E-L-L-A-R or X, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Uh, right here with my bro, Kush. Um, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? Ike, how you doing? Uh, it's, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, Texans... Naming a certain quarterback their starter this uh, this past weekend. Um, obviously, the Astros starting to get it a little bit going, you know. So I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna hand it off to you, uh, bro, to start it off, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, uh, especially with these Texans, man. Um, we had our last preseason game versus the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Um, you know, that game really was, when you look at it, was a meaningful game, you know, in terms of, you know, this, our starters playing for the first couple of series there. And ultimately, we won the game 17-13, to 13, you know, on the road. But we're looking at C.J. Stroud and how he was going to, you know, play for his last preseason game because, because we got the green light from D'Amico Ryans saying that he was going to play, you know, just to give him more reps uh, before the regular season starts. And ultimately, man, I think he did a very good job of just getting comfortable back there. I know it's just a, a preseason game. I know the Saints were not playing their starters, but it's good to just get comfortable, you know, back there in the pocket and make those throws and get those reps, like I said. Um, there was a pass he had in the first quarter to Nico Collins that he put it right on the money, but Nico dropped it. And that's one thing about CJ that he showed really this preseason that we can take away from those games is the ball placement of these throws, right, Kush? Like, he was... He was making all the right throws and placing the ball only to where his receiver can catch it. And I think his accuracy is there um, from everything that was advertised from him, you know, coming out of college. Um, the second drive where we got the ball, we were, a- we were able to have good field uh, position because of Tank Dale and that punt return, which was huge. We'll, we'll get into him a little bit later. But we had a short field because of his return. And CJ and Damian Pierce went to work, man. Um, you know, they were able to move the ball down to the red zone. And we were able to see CJ Stroud's first NFL touchdown pass to Nico Collins there in the red zone. Um, I want to get your thoughts on uh, perform for the first couple of series, man, and what stood out to you the most. So, um, one play that that I re- that really impressed me was the touchdown throw from Stroud to uh, Nico Collins. He put it right on the money. I mean, his accuracy showed. We know that about Stroud. He's he's a very accurate quarterback, and uh, like you said, the ball placement. On the throw to Nico Collins, he just didn't catch it. Uh, for Nico Collins, that's I think 
for him this season, like in his growth, that's a ball that he's going to have to catch if he wants to be the number one receiver for this team. Because, uh, like, if you think about guys like Andre Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins, our number one receivers in the past, like, those are the types of catches they've made, you know, on a regular basis. So, for Nico Collins and his development, I think that's very important for for him to become a better player and become the number one target for this team. Tank Dell, like, he, I think we, we, I said this the other week, you can put him anywhere on the field. And when I said that, I was talking about, you know, on offense. But uh, this game, he showed you can put him back there to return kicks. He's going to be a playmaker. So uh, I was just re- really impressed with, um, again, Tank Dell and just C.J. Stroud, um, his, his ability to put the ball in the right place. Uh, but I will say one thing I want to see CJ Stroud work on is I've seen like sometimes when uh, things get shaking in the pocket, he'll kind of just like throw it, throw it away or throw it somewhere. I want to see him use, use his legs more. Uh, I think he needs to have more confidence in, in his legs and that's going to help his game. Yeah, man. Facts. And, and also, you know, I wanted to add about CJ is one thing about him is we know that he's more than capable to pick up those first downs with his legs and you know in the regular season i think we're going to see more of that but it's important to kind of guide him in that area because he needs to learn how to slide at the right time if you don't know how to do that you will get hurt and one of those hits can put you out for the season right but you know we know that he's aware of that He's been p- playing football for a very long time. Uh, this is what you sign up for when you start to become a running quarterback in the NFL. Um, you're going to be in trouble if you don't know how to slide and when to slide, you know, in the right time. Um, and you're trying to pick up that first down or you're just trying to, you know, make something out of nothing. I wanted to talk about Damian Pierce and and with C.J. Stroud in there, it's something that can, in a lot of ways, protect C.J. Stroud because I feel like Damian Pierce, he can always give you three to four yards. You know, we know what type of runner he is. He's an aggressive, violent runner. He wants to make the defense, um, you know, like feel those hits. He wants to punish the defenders for trying to tackle him. And we saw some of that yesterday. Uh, Some of those runs, man, were super angry. And I saw some of those, you know, uh, defensive backs uh, trying to tackle him. After they got him down, like, like, bro was shook. He had to take a second to kind of fix his helmet, breathe a little bit, because, uh, like he said in his interview, I don't know if you heard his interview in the sideline, he said that he has no good intentions when he's running the football. When you hear that as a defense, bro, that is very scary because this guy is after trying to punish you, you know what I'm saying, for tackling him. So I think if he can stay healthy, I think that's going to help CJ a whole lot because, like we talked about before, the offensive line is improved. And even looking at yesterday's game, man, when CJ was dropping back and making those throws, he had a little bit, like a little bit of time back there. I'm not saying a whole lot, 
But this is what happens when you invest in your offensive line, right? You give your quarterback a little bit of time just to, like, make those reads down the field, go through his progressions, and find the open guy. And this is exactly what you want to see. And the two guys that will benefit from that, obviously, are CJ and Damian Pierce because that's how we're going to move the ball down the field. And I think in this offense, that's going to be a big staple of it is running the football. Like, getting that, uh, making sure the run game is, is a priority is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, in this game plan moving forward. Um, there was also, you know, Tank Dale that returned that punt that we were talking about earlier. His speed is ridiculous, man. We talked about it before. I think the last time we recorded, it was after the New England game where, you know, he had a pretty good game. But in this punt return he had against the Saints, you could see him change gears in a second, right, Kush? Yeah. Um, he acted like he was going to the right, stopped on the dime, and went the other way. And he had, you know, <laughs> the special team. When you have that kind of weapon, especially in uh, special teams, you know, you start playing, like, complementary um, football. You want to help out the offense in certain situations and put them in a good spot, whether you're putting them in a short field and CJ and company don't have to, you know, rush and take their time, um, you know, with the offense because you already have good field position, right? You already like on the other side of the 50 and that's exactly what we want to see. Um, you know, our first regular season game is against the Baltimore Ravens, but I'm looking forward to see how we use Tank Dale more, man, because I think that speed changes the game. And now that we have a real head coach, they're not scared to implement those young guys, to give those young guys opportunities to, like, you know, opposed to, like, Bill O'Brien that, like, never trusted rookies. He never had them out there putting them in a position to be successful. Um, now that we have D'Amico, I, f- I feel like he'll give Tankdale uh, a chance to shine and to just let him do his thing. Um, what do you think? Like, do you think that he'll get a lot of work, like a lot of snaps in the wide receiver position, Kush? Or do you think we'll use him a little bit more on special teams. I think you could probably say we use them a little bit in both sides, like special teams and wide receiver. But how talented this guy is, uh, I almost don't want to have him punt return, bro, because you could get hurt really easy like that. But, you know, that's the name of the game. Uh, what do you think about that, Kush? Yeah, I mean, we'll kind of have to see, like, the first game, like, how the – how the offense look and how the how special teams looks, and I mean, right now we don't really have an idea how D'Amico wants to use him, but just the fact that he showed what he can do in the return game, I think that should give D'Amico like confidence, and that you know what, like we can use him everywhere. We can use him on uh, offense and special teams, and with, with an offense that wasn't great last year, field position means so much 
this year because if you can get those short fields, um, it'll be a lot easier to get some points on the board. So I think you know, I think after after I get, after the first game, I think we'll kind of get a better idea of how how they're going how exactly they're going to use them. Facts, where well, I agree, um, and I think that and Damian Pierce, which I was t- speaking about earlier, I think those with those two aspects, bro, they can really make CJ a little bit more comfortable, right? You, you're taking the pressure off this guy because he's a rookie that's going to be starting. You know, we heard the announcement after the game that he is going to be the starter in the first regular season game against the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, it came right after the game. Um, not that I'm trying to <laughs> complain about, you know, just random shit, man. But, like, did we ever think that CJ was not going to start? I know things, like, crazier things have happened before where you kind of want to mold a rookie under an established quarterback like a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type. You know, you, you kind of want to just um, teach him the ropes and, and and take a little bit of time before he actually starts. But, Kush, me and you both saw the last two seasons. Uh, we survived last season, and we saw how ass uh, Davis Mills was, right? The whole year, and there's just there's no way that he was going to be the starter. You know, I'm sorry to all the Davis Mills fans out there, the stands or whatever you want to call them. Uh, we drafted C.J. Shroud with the number two overall pick. Uh, usually, when you get t- like drafted in the top three or five, you're you're like the team needs a quarterback for a reason, right? And um, you know, I'm just happy that the announcement came out. Because now we can put it to rest. We don't have to like think about this. Like this, this is gonna be our guy. And uh, like, do you think that there's gonna be? Do you think there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him, Kush? Like for that first game against the Ravens? Because we're, I mean, this is we're playing at Baltimore. You know that stadium from you know history will tell you it's always like ready to go, jam packed. And the Raven fans, they're nuts out there. Yeah, I think uh, CJ Stratt had a had a quote. I think they asked him, you know, how do you feel, you know, about you being named the starter? And I think he says something to the effect of, you know, I'm not going to change anything. It's just just business as usual. I'm just prepared like I need to. Just go out there and ball, you know. That's pretty much. I'm just paraphr- I'm paraphrasing that, by the way. That's pretty much what he said. Um, as far as like the Davis Mills and CJ Stroud thing during the preseason, because that we drafted him number two overall, I think in order for Davis Mills to win that job, he had to freaking ball out like yeah. crazy, like do some crazy stuff. Uh, obviously that he didn't do that. So to me, it's kind of, it was the I mean, whole camp for me, it was kind of like, it was CJ Stroud's job to lose. Um, and Davis Mills had to just ball out. So, you know, for for all the Texans fans that, you know, were kind of in a civil war about Davis Mills versus C.J. Stroud, we can put it to rest. We're all on the same side now. You know, it's C.J. Stroud's starting quarterback. So, you know, let's get ready for week one uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. And to me, I think, I think that first three is going to be very important. I kind of want to see, you know, when we're on offense that game, 
if D'Amico lets him lets it, lets him drop back and pass, or if he just hands it off to Damian Pierce. From like in my opinion, from what I think is going to happen is, uh, I think they're going to stick to the running game, you know, to start, and just let him let him settle in with some rhythm throws instead of you know just letting guys letting guys loose deep uh, and all that stuff. So I think that's how that's going to go and. I think Dimiko Ryan's has been around the league to know that long enough to know that with a rookie quarterback, I don't care who it is, his first game on the road in a in a environment like the Ravens, you, you can't just you know have him drop back and throw bombs down there. Like it's that's just not how it goes. So I think to start the game, he'll he'll probably end up handing the ball off to the to Damian Pierce and just let the you know let the game dictate how that plays out. Facts, bro. You got to get the running game established. First thing, you know, first thing comes first because that's how everything else opens up the play action, uh, you know, screens down the field, whether that's running back or wide receiver screens, you know, to take, uh, keep the defense honest. But uh, speaking of defense, let's switch sides of the ball for a second here, Kush. And let's talk about how the defense looked yesterday against the Saints. Um, I think one thing, one thing that I'll say is, it, it's safe to just it's safe to say that with D'Amico Ryan's as our head coach, the defense is going to be all right. I think we're going to have a pretty decent defense. Now, when I say that, I mean like probably close to middle of the pack because there's a lot of great defenses out there, uh, you know, in the NFL. But I think with D'Amico Ryan's their head coach, our defense is going to be pretty decent. And we saw yesterday, um, these guys, they love to play in the defense like that. Like, you love to play for a head coach like D'Amico Ryan's. I think they showed that on the field. Um, the, the secondary, and that's how we won the game at the end. We got two picks at the end from guys just knowing where to be, uh, taking care of their assignments, and just, you know, the, the coaches putting these guys in spots to be successful and and just making plays, right? Because at, at the end of the day, you have to make plays to win games. And the defense, I think, is the thing that you can probably count on the most on this team. But I will say, first regular season game versus Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, that's going to be different because we know Lamar is a running quarterback. So what are you going to play on defense, right? Like what schemes are you going to throw out there? Are you going to play zone? Are you going to play man? When are you going to blitz? Who are you going to blitz? Because this guy, Lamar Jackson, is very talented, and he, he will run all over the field on you. He, he's literally a running back, but uh, in the quarterback position. You know what I'm saying? And he can throw the ball down the field. So it's very hard to contain this offense with Mark Andrews. And now they have uh, Odell Beckham. They got they still got Bateman as a wide receiver. So I'm interested to see what D'Amico does on defense and the looks that he throws out there because – I'm sure that he's ready for that. And in the preseason, 
I know he spoke a lot, not showing too much, right? Not showing too much out there to where teams can game plan for you or they know what you do on defense. A lot of that stuff on preseason, you got to wait on. You can't show that because you got to do it when it counts. You got to do it in the regular season. So um, what do you think is something that, like, we can look out for, Coach, like, just to, to stop Lamar Jackson, like, what do you think is a key factor for that? Because I'm telling you, uh, this offense is, like, very, like, dangerous, man. If, if you don't get a hold of them, the game could be over really quick. You know what I'm saying? Because they're a good running, uh, running football team, you know what I'm saying? And if they get a lead, they could just run the ball the rest of the game. So what's one key thing uh, – you think that we need to look out for, like in terms of like trying to stop Lamar Jackson and his offense. Yeah, well, one thing that one thing I'm gonna say is they can't get in these third and short situations as a defense because that's when Lamar Jackson just you know fakes it and keeps it and just runs all over your defense. So that's what if they can get in, uh, like if they can get him in third and longs, then they might have a chance, but. Uh, these these third and shorts, they got to avoid that as a defense. And if they can do that, and they can make this an ugly game, um, I think they I think they can win if they make it like an ugly defensive game, like um, you know, allowing under twenty points from their offense and just controlling the ball, keeping the keeping the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. Facts, where well, I agree. Like the that's why you want a good running game. So you can possess the ball longer, you know, like have the ball more than the other team and put yourself in position to win. You got to you gotta try and keep Lamar Jackson on the sideline, right? You want the offense to be out there just, you know, taking all the time off the clock before this guy goes, you know, crazy in the game. But one thing I will say is wherever Mark Andrews is, Please, guys, be aware of this guy. That's his number one receiver. I mean, every year that he's played, he's close to a 1,000 yards. He's one of the best tight ends in the league for a reason. And one thing uh, about the Baltimore Ravens, if you know, they love to use tight ends, you know, historically. So make sure that they have a game plan for them. I'm sure they do. I mean, the guy is too good. Uh for them not to, but just want to look look forward to, to see the defense, like, make the adjustments and, you know, blitz with, um, how do you say it? Because the word I'm looking for? Blitz with discipline is what I'm saying. Because when he, when you play a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you have to blitz from the right spots, man, because he could just, you know, make an adjustment and hit a bomb down the field, and, you, you know, he just, like, countered whatever you were trying to do at him. So you just got to be very careful with what you do against him, man, because the guy is a very dynamic, explosive player. But, um, you know, with that, uh, today they were making some of the roster cuts. Because, uh, you know, this is one of the days that, it's tough for, like, fans, especially coaches and players because, um, you know, some of them don't get to make the team. Um, 
is there somebody that got cut cursed that you think we should have kept or like they, they made a mistake on uh from what happened today? I'm not saying I'm not gonna say they made a made a mistake on him, but I was surprised that they cut Desmond King. Because he started all preseason. He was playing, he's out there. Um he's been on this team for the last couple of years. And then we caught uh Christian Kirksey too. He was he was a starter for us last year, so yeah, I think I think it kind of shows it's like. Well, that's uh. Yeah, I think it kind of shows like if you don't, you're not gonna make the team if you don't come in there and play hard every day. I'm not saying that that's not what these guys did, but like, I think the fact that they cut guys that started last year is huge for the culture in the locker room because it shows that you know it's a higher standard now, you know, which is I think I think is huge. Facts, so I agree. Like everything that you show out there, every moment you're out there, you got to be giving it your all. Even if you're in practice, obviously, if you're in the weight room, if you're watching film, you have to be locked in at all times, man. You got to, that's the whole thing about getting better in the NFL. These guys are hungry out here. Um, you know, every Sunday, you're going to be playing a team that wants to win. And this league is very hard, as we have witnessed the last two or three years. Because, like, it's not, you know, easy. Like, you ha you really have to, just to win your division, you have to stay locked in and, you know, try to take care of those teams first and then see what can happen after that. But, you know, this is a very hard league. And... I'm just like, I, I hope that they can find other teams that will scoop them up and they can have, you know, successful careers and still continue to play because some of those guys, man, they were dogs, man. Like, they were playing good. They were playing a lot of good football for us, you know, uh, last year. And um, just uh, hopefully they can still get picked up by somebody. Yeah. Um, this day, it's, it's always hard for, for players, you know, the guys that, you know, get cut, but. That's the league nowadays. I hope they get picked up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything on the Texans, but. Yeah, um, I I just wanted to add, um, you know, transitioning to the Astros here, there was a really dope tweet that the Astros tweeted out there. You know, what else is due? I feel like the admin of the Astros is probably the best one out there because when they scored 17 runs, Against, I forgot who it was, Kush. They, uh, it was they the Tigers on there. Yeah, against the, the Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. They said a pair of touchdowns and a field goal. And they said Texans 17, Lions 4. Um, and when, you, when you're a Houston fan and you see stuff like that, man, you just love it, man, because everybody's linking up. And when you hear the phrase, Houston versus everyone, that's exactly what it is, man. So everybody from Houston, we got to stick together. It was 17 points, a pair of touchdowns, and a field goal. So it was just a great Sunday for Houston sports. And, uh, you know, the Astros admin is just the best out there. That's nothing new. I think everybody knows that. Um, but speaking of the Astros, you know, last week there was a couple of games where we were struggling for real. And I'm going to hand it off to you so you can talk about it, bro, because I know you were at one of those games. 
I think it was a day game, if I'm not mistaken, and it was not one of those days, though. Like, it was just not working for us. Um, go ahead, because just, just, just do your thing, man. Yeah, so I was actually at the the game against the Red Sox where we lost 17-1. to 1. It's just, you know, the, it just didn't start out good. Uh, we got our asses kicked. JP France struggled. Um, they couldn't stop hitting bombs off of us. Uh, it got so bad that Martin Maldonado was in there. Uh, he was in there for, I think, five innings. I think he gave up four runs as a position player pitching. And... It was just one of those days. I think I think that's probably the worst games I've ever been to, worst Astros game I've ever been, I've ever been to, and so that was not a good way to end off that Red Sox series. Um, and then I think the next day or the or the day after, I think it was a Friday or a third. I don't remember. I think it was a Friday. Uh, we pl- we were in Detroit, and uh, Fromber was on the mound, and he had been struggling. Uh, uh, you know, as of late, he, you know, we've seen Fromber have these emotional meltdowns this year. Um, so, it, it, as a fan, I was kind of like, "What Fromber are we gonna get today? Right? Are we gonna get that dominant Fromber uh, that that we've seen that's that's pitched a no hitter earlier in the season, or are we gonna get the one that kind of struggles and you know is out of the game early?" And so, um, he had a great game, right? Great game from Fromber. One of his better games of the of the season, and I was like, "Damn, okay, we're up one to zero. Um, bullpen, both the bullpen's got it. You know, going to lock it down." Presley gives up a couple runs, and uh, I think it was uh, Meadows that hit the the walk off bomb against us. And I was like, "Man, that's that's just that's like a that's like the story of the seasons uh, this year, right?" It's you know they they're in it, they're in it, and then they just they just they've blown these games and so at that moment i was like okay i'm not gonna panic yet right because we're still in the thick of thick of things in the in the al west just you know just a bad loss shouldn't have lost that game we had it and next game i think we win like nine nine to three or something i don't remember yeah yeah not nine to three and then the sunday game Justin Verlander is pitching, right? And he hit, I think he hit like three guys. And we're like, oh no, here we go again, you know? They're going to score some runs off us. But I was I was actually very proud of Justin Verlander yesterday because he got in some jams and he got out of them. And he really grinded his way through those five innings. Um, and then after he went out, Montero pitched a clean inning, which was, I think, is huge for his confidence. And then our offense just teed off on their bullpen. I think I think we we're it was like five to nothing after uh Mon- after Montero uh, left after his inning and we just we uh, the bats just came alive we just dominated and uh, Jeremy Pena that game five hits for his first five hit game ever and like l- let me put this into perspective Jose Altuve right first ballot Hall of Famer uh, we'll talk about him his performance today later on. Um, he's never had a five-hit game in his career. So for Jeremy Pena to do that, that's the guy that's been struggling this year. So I think that was huge for him. We won 17-4 to that uh, uh, yesterday. I want to get your thoughts. What, I don't know if you watched the whole game or we just you saw the score at the end. Like, What were your thoughts when you saw 17-4, to man? 
So, before I get into that, Kush, I wanted to talk about the two games that we struggled. Um, the game that you went to that you were talking about, and then the game um, against Detroit where we lost there at the end, you know, with the walk-off. Um, after those games, after the after the game where we lost, what was it, 17-1 yeah. uh, against the Red Sox? Um, I mean, you all, you can already see it. You saw it on Twitter or X. Everybody was panicking, right? Like, everybody was, like, emotional on the timeline. It was just one of those things that were, like, fuck, man, what happened, right? And then to have a game to follow up that performance to have that game against Detroit and have lost that in the walk-off, like, people were ready to just, like... They were ready to jump off the bridge, man. Yeah, bro, like, you saw it. And in a lot of ways, you can't blame them. I wouldn't have, you know, I, I, I wasn't one of those people. But, you know, you understand it because those two performances, those two performances were just... Obviously not ideal, and that's nothing, you know, to uh, like the Astros perform like, you know, the Astros that we know over six years. So to get on this road now, because now we're playing uh, Boston here on the road. Um, so after having two games like that, where you know you get your ass whooped one game, you lose seventeen to one at home versus Boston, and then the next game against Detroit on the road, you lose in a walk-off. You know, those those losses, man, hurt a little bit more, man, especially the, the one against Detroit because of the division race and how close it is now with, you know, the Rangers and the Mariners. Like, we kind of all in the same, you know, like spot in terms of the record. Um, you want to try to separate yourself from that and try to gain ground on teams are losing, right? So it was good to see um, the Astros come out with the the two other wins and winning the, the series against Detroit on the road, like you mentioned uh, on Sunday, scoring seventeen runs, bro. Like that was ridiculous. Um, you know, once this offense. You know, gets clicking like that, and the bats are alive. We're unstoppable. I think the thing is, you know, one game we score 17 runs, and then the next game we only score one or two. So I think it's important to have a balance there, because even tonight, bro, we we got 13 runs. You know, at Boston on the road, and six of those runs, I believe, were in the sixth inning. Um, so. Once we we're on, like it, we're dangerous, you know, on offense. But a lot of times we can't we can't score um, a couple of runs just to you know win the game. But I think we just got to have the mentality of like having that balance, uh, you know, what I'm saying on defense and offense. Yeah, and you know, like you said, today we scored 13 runs, and even today, like starting that game out. Javier was struggling. He didn't make it past five innings. And, you know, I think it was 
we're up 2-0. They tie the game at two, and then he gave up a two-run bomb. So we're losing four to two, like three. No, we're losing three to two, and then um, they went up four to three. So it's kind of like this back and forth, and just the way the game was going, like the way the Astros have looked this this year. It looked like one of those games that they were just going to drop, and then the offense just goes crazy. Jose Altuve hits for the cycle. Jordan finally hits a home run for the first time in a long time. It's, and the offense looks like it's kind of back to what we're used to seeing, right? And so I think the important part from this point forward is kind of – like at this point in the season, we kind of know what we're getting gonna get from our starting pitching, right? Like we know Javier is struggling. We don't. We, I don't think we should expect him to go six or seven like we did last year. Like this team is not the same as last year, so we kind of have to take that. And sometimes your offense is gonna have to pick up the slack for the pitching, and that's what happened today. They picked up the slack. They, you know, they just went crazy offensively, and they won the game. Um, And that's why I think getting Verlander was so huge because even even though we make fun of him for his World Series record and all that stuff, he's still a guy that can get you seven. And we've been missing that all season, you know. Even even Framber Framber our ace sometimes can't go seven. So that's something we've been missing. I think that's something that's gonna. If we get to the playoffs, that's something that's going to pay off for us. And it's just, it's not going to be as easy as it was last year, right? It's going to be, it's going to be a grind because of the starting pitching. So you just kind of have to grind through it and get out of jams like they did yesterday and like they did today. And so we just got to keep grinding, man, and got to keep getting these wins. Um, Seattle's leading the division right now. They're hot right now. And I think the good the good thing about it is we play the Mariners and the Rangers in, in series to end the season. So depending on how close it is at that time, it's actually like it's gonna be on them to win to win the division during that time frame. So I think that's you know, that's gonna be exciting. I didn't expect it to be this tight. <laughs> you know, like this is this is crazy. We haven't seen this in a while with the Astros where because they're they're usually within the past four or five years, they've been dominating the division every season. I think for me as a fan, dude, I like watching this because it's exciting. You know, <laughs> you might have a heart attack every single game, every single night you watch the Astros, but you know, it's fun, dude. Facts, man. It's it's good to finally have some competition in the division, right? Because most of the years we were just taking over and and now you know where everybody's close together and anybody of those three teams can win the division easily. But I want to go back and give a big shout out to Jose Altuve man for being uh the first Astro to hit a cycle in 10 years, you know, to complete that cycle, bro. That's big. Um just go ahead and build his statue outside of Minute Maid Park right now, bro. Like, you know, we, we obviously know he's the best Astro of all time. Um, I think the numbers back back that up, the world VPs, whatever you want to point out. Uh, this guy is, like, just so inspirational, bro. Like, everything he does, you know, um, 
from you know his every like the way he carries himself you know as a person and a player and how nice of a human being this guy is uh we know he means a lot to the Astros he means a lot to the city of Houston man and we're just like lucky to have this man on the squad man like that's that's huge man yeah and uh Another guy I want to talk about is um, Yiner Diaz, man. I think I think if I know there's a big debate on Twitter about this, you know, should should Dusty have played him more, right, from the beginning of the season? Um, you know, that's up for debate. I can't say whether he should have or should he should have not, but or she shouldn't have. But I mean, he's the one that sees the guy every day. Um, I'm sure he has a good enough reason for him to, you know, not start him every game. But I think if he if he would have got more playing time from the start, I think how can you not consider him for AL Rookie of the Year? Because I, I think he broke the record for Astros franchise record for homers for a catcher. Um, like, dude, he's he's balling out, and you know, I understand like the reasoning behind playing Molly more than him, more experience. Uh, he's, you know, you can say he's better behind the plate. Um, but dude, Yonder Diaz is having a great year. If he can keep it up and we can get into the playoffs, I think that's, that's another guy you can say uh, that we, you know, we traded for. I think we got him in the mouse straw package a couple years ago and now he's up, he's balling out and the Astros keep finding these guys, man, that, just keep producing for them. So, yeah, man, to have a to, to have a guy like that on the squad, man, like uh, that can you know that's also a catcher and give you the hits like that is is uh, super underrated as we've seen. Man, he's been balling out this year, like you said, and um, he's got to be you know in the rotation somehow. I mean, I know Dusty and the coaching staff they know way more baseball than I do. I'm just a fan. But when a guy is hot, you know, in in a year like this, man, he's got to get, you know, time in there and, and a chance to like to keep balling, man, because he's been producing this year, and um, it's so like it, it's so cool to see how the Astros keep finding these guys that help us, you know, like during struggling here and there, but they. They provide offense for us, and that's the little things that we need or the big things that we need at the time. And it just makes us, you know, give that give those runs to help that pitcher out, right? Whoever's pitching that day, that run support, and you know, vice versa. Um, you know, you you can't really say too many bad things about Maldi, man, but you know. To have Yiner on the team, man, it's pretty pretty special. Yeah, and then one the what, last thing I want to talk about with the Astros is Michael Brantley. He's in Sugarland right now. They're saying he's gonna be, I think, in the lineup or or something. I think they said he's gonna be in the lineup tomorrow. I think you know a couple of days ago they said Tuesday was the day. I think Danny Brown came out yesterday, so Tuesday was the day that he's gonna be back. I think he flew he flew with them to Boston. And so I think that's a huge, huge addition. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't expect him to be the Brantley of a few years ago where he's he's that big uh, power hitter in the lineup. But I think 
clubhouse wise, he can give them a shot in the arm that they need right now. And, you know, I know they're playing well right now, but having a guy come back like that can just that can lift your club. He's one of those guys that when he's in there, he can lift your clubhouse. Like he was in the clubhouse for the most part after he got hurt last year during the playoffs. And I think he like he was a he was a reason that they were playing so well last year, too. So I want to know your thoughts on Brantley coming back, because we talked earlier in the year. I, You know, I, I remember when they said he had like a setback with his injury or something. And I was like, man, I don't think he's going to come back this year. He might retire after this year. That's yeah. like that's how depressed I was about that situation. Yeah, at I remember. That time. Yeah, yeah. So and now he's now like he's back. And I want to know your thoughts on like, did you, did you, were you like me and you saw him not, not coming back this year or did you kind of have, you know, an inkling of hope that he might? No, man, I was like you. I thought he wasn't coming back. I thought he had no shot. I thought he was cooked. Um, but he had, you know, like he wasn't coming back this year. So to have him coming back, you know, to the team, huge turn of events there and to add a guy like that to the clubhouse can only be a positive thing you want those positive vibes around the team you know that knowledge that wisdom to help the younger guys out to help whoever needs you know help in the clubhouse man um and if he's not the same brantley man i think he's still gonna you know play hard we know what what he does when he's out there but this right now at this moment is remarkable, man, because we're getting, you know, close to September here, the last stretch of baseball before the playoffs. And Brantley is only going to make this team better, you know, period. Like, we all know that. Yeah, and the, the, the one thing I am worried about, though, is, first of all, where, do you, where in the lineup do you put them? And if you – Play him. Does that take away, take take away further time from Yanir Diaz? I think those are the two things to watch out for. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know what their plan is with him, so we'll just have to see. Uh, but that's a tough imagine, call, though. That's a yeah, tough call. So I can imagine, like, <laughs> no matter what happens, Twitter's gonna have something to complain about. But oh, yeah, uh, you know, we'll. I mean, we'll we'll just see how how they play it. You know, it's funny you say that because. You know when the lineup comes out every day and, and they put it on Twitter, you could you could automatically see everybody like start bitching and complaining. What the heck is he doing? Why is he here? You know what I'm saying? Like it just never stops, and it's it just they're relentless, bro. Like the complaining is relentless, but you know that's what Twitter is. Is it's, it's fun like that sometimes, man. It's fun to see people complain. Yeah, I mean, we won the World Series last year, and it was like that all season last year. So yeah, it's nothing new. Right. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, new. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. X for you, Twitter X, whatever yeah. you call it. And then, so we play the Red Sox this week. Then we come back this weekend for the Yankees. Uh, Yankees are a team that is struggling right now. Um, so this, I mean, we haven't gotten a sweep all year. It's been a while since we got a sweep, but. We 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 gotta get the sweep this weekend, man. Especially against the Yankees at home, you know you know it's gonna be a sellout every single night this weekend. So uh, I want to know, bro, are you going to any of the games? I want to. 
I, I'm going to try hard to go to the Saturday game, um, to that game for sure. Um, I just want to see the meme at the end of the series that said swept them hoes. I want to see it. We need to do it. Uh, it would be, you know, because it's the Yankees, to, to sweep them would be awesome just to, like, you know, step on their necks and not, you know, let them do anything while they're in Houston, man, because uh, we know the rivalry, you know, is a thing with us and them. So um, I can't wait for that series, man. We need to take care of business, though, to stay locked in. Yeah, I think I'm going – I'm definitely going Friday. I think I'm going Sunday. Saturday, unfortunately, I'm not going to go. Um, but, you know, yeah, looking forward to this series. Uh, hopefully we can sweep them and – Hopefully by the end of the weekend, we can be on top of the division for the first time this year. So we'll see how that goes, man. Yeah, man. For sure. Can't wait for that. Uh, with that, man, we're going to end it right here, Kush. Um, make sure you guys are following our podcast at Inside the H Pod on Twitter or X. Um, and make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast. My name is Ike Cuellar. I'm on there at Iquayar. Uh Kush, let them know where they can find you at, man. Uh, on Twitter, you guys can find me at, at Christopher Paul. Uh, you can you guys can follow our podcast page on Twitter uh, at Inside the H Pod. And every time we just want to let you guys know, every time we drop a new episode, we do tweet, and in the tweet is a link to our link tree. If you click that link, you guys can find us on Apple and Spotify directly from there. So. Yeah, man, appreciate everybody uh, who listens to us, uh, uh, support and everything, man. Uh, we'll, we appreciate that. Till next time, man, Inside the H. Inside the H.